All right, we are here for the next episode. This episode nine. Yeah, this episode nine, right? Damn. Yeah, oh, I thought it was eight. No, eight was last, last week. week. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for listening. Our viewership, I guess, is the word I want to use. Going up lately, so that's good to see. And with that being said, I am one of your three co-hosts, Eddie M. You know my Instagram underscore underscore the project manager underscore underscore. With me as well, we have. Oh, I usually go after Deshaun. Well, you're going next this time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it is D, and you already know you don't need to follow me. And then um, you have me, Deshaun. You know, Mister Underscore Mitchell with three L's. You know, you're one and only. And, <laughs> and today's going to be a special episode, guys, because we have two special guests for the first time at the Fellows. And the one guest I want to introduce right now is a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> you might have known her for telling someone to, you know, have a child or having their child produced by an axe murder or... You know, but what you will we'll know, know. Is he had the $10, so he ejaculated in the cup so you could have a kid. So check that. And okay. that is Miss Page at Parks. Hey, girl. I'm joking. Go ahead. Give us your name. Speak. Come on. Come to the mic. My name is Derek, not Phaedra. <laughs> <laughs> One day we will most definitely talk about how I got that awful nickname. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'll just let it go. <laughs> that would be a cute little name like Derek, not Phaedra. <laughs> And we have another royal celebrity here with us. You know, she has done many tours, sold out many shows, has sold millions of records. She is that girl from that family. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to introduce her, Miss Janet Jackson. What's up, guys? This is Marco. Uh, Yeah, you don't need to follow my instagram stuff either but we'll drop private. it down later at the episode you will not. <laughs> <laughs> and it also is your birthday on tuesday and he turns a good 29 <laughs> let's 29. be clear let's be very very clear not 30 but 29 he's 29 and three quarters <laughs> so this episode is going to be a little different than the ones we have done previously where we get into like hot topics you know tv shows movies all types of stuff that we normally talk about this one we're going to be actually piggybacking off of conversation that we had offline off mic and un um untouched uncensored whatever um <laughs> talking about you know the difference between masculinity and what's the other word femininity, femininity? thank you i didn't want to say it. I gay community up. yeah as being you know black gay men all of us and different spectrums of our lives and stuff and things that we experience experienced as our you know as we grew up and things like how we look at masculinity how we see it how has it affected us mentally you know thinking about the mental portion of it as well is very important so i think that's kind of how this conversation is going to go so i hope while you're listening that you're also listening with an active ear so you can take notes and hear what people are saying and apply it to your own lives again this is not a way to make fun or to say anything negative about anyone this is really just talking about our experiences that can uplift someone else that might be listening or just uplift each other so with that being said let's get into the conversation i'm really excited yeah so we probably should start with our definition of masculinity right i think that'd be good and since we have two guests today i think one of our guests should start 
<laughs> she's about to look oh, up the Google definition, right. girl. Really Let's really, really get the real definition. I like, I don't that. like that. No, but we should no, start with that. that. I don't and then, like okay. that because I but think masculinity is last. so subjective. No, but no, we no. should actually talk about the actual definition yeah, first, and then go off of what we consider yeah. to be masculine. Yeah, okay, I go agree. ahead. Read us the next definition. Okay. I would have liked your um your personal definition first, though. I don't, me personally? I mean, just in, uh, general, in general, and then I would have. Well, me personally, me personally, I don't have, I don't, I don't know how you, I, I, I guess I don't really know how you define what masculinity is. I think masculinity is whatever the individual defines it as, like, is not a specific set of social rules even though it is but to me it isn't like i don't but you know what it's looked like when you see it i don't you don't because an mm. appearance is one thing but your actions is something completely different what you look like don't, does not equate to what you are and who you are so the better question is what does it mean to be masculine okay read us the definition read us the, yeah i guess okay Thank you. <laughs> this is why she's Phaedra Parks. Phaedra and her finest. She's going to read you. And so, be masculine, according to Google, <laughs> uh, means having qualities or appearance traditionally associated with men. But who made these traditional? The whites. Exactly. Wasn't it Nicholas Webster? <laughs> he was definitely a white man. <laughs> whoever, whoever made it. But when you were introducing the topic, it like in my mind, it took me to like when it comes to masculine and feminine roles, I think that in the gay community, you get a set of standards. But I also feel like for us as black men, which I think that most of us, well, all of us as black men and then most of your listeners can relate to. I think it's a set of substandards that's set for black men. I think it's harder for black men when it comes to those role plays because not only do like not only is black culture hyper masculine in certain areas but then you also have the white gays who kind of like fetishize black men so it's like not only do we have like that pressure from our own community within it's kind of like an unspoken pressure that i feel like we are subdued to or subjected to as well when it comes to like being in the community as a whole, if that makes sense. It makes great sense. Okay, okay, I hear you. D- um, uh, Derek, <laughs> what's your your take on masculinity and like what's your definition of it? Honestly, I don't know the definition of it. Even though I just read it, I guess it depends on how you see it. There's so many definition of definitions of being masculine. You can say being masculine and being a man means that you are physically fit you're tough you don't show emotion you take care of home you you know you do all of these things that you are conditioned to do even as a child you are told like don't cry play sports you know you take care of your sister you take care of your mom you take care of those around you and you have this enormous amount of pressure put on you even as a child to kind of just be this dare i say a rock no emotions you're just going you're just going with the flow and so i guess as time goes on and we're kind of sort of breaking those social norms we're really breaking down what it really means to be masculine and so to go back to your original question yes with a smile i don't know <laughs> okay no and that's fair that's... i guess is what you make it to be yes that's fair um i got a question Deshaun? 
would y'all feel like being a masculine and being a man is the same thing? Mm-mm. No. Because your What's man, different? Your man is... Uh, being a male has something to do with your... By, like, your biology. Well, I'm saying as far as, like, when somebody say, be a man, right... Are they saying? Aren't they saying be masculine? Like be oh, a man? I do agree that that's what that's they're what they're saying. saying. That's exactly but what that's saying. a social thing. That's more right. of a social thing. Being right. a man, that's a social question. But your question was different. Yeah, your question you was asked. different. What's the difference between being a man and being masculine? And there's a big difference. Right, right. right because but you can't help your makeup that makes you a man. When I say that, when somebody said you're not being a man. What makes me being a man is me being a masculine. Is me being masculine what makes me a man? That's why I was. But asking. then again, I think that's subjective because I feel like you can ask. Yeah, that's it's an open dialogue, right? Right. So because yeah. the thing is, like, I feel like all of us, for the most part, have an ideal of what a man should be, but I think it varies culturally mm-hmm. what a man is. I think it varies what your sexual preferences because like for instance you can take a heterosexual woman who possess masculine qualities but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything about her sexuality like you get robin what I'm like who robin dixon <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um Ugh. y'all y'all really are unpacking some deep stuff that i really appreciate um i think i want to yeah i'll grab that for you um, <laughs> shortly <laughs> a lot of divas in the room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um to me i think i think what, what i'm trying to pick up here is that masculinity is really a is what it's a it's subjective and it's really what you make it out to be because i've seen some masculine ass women out here i will say that Child. I mean, I have no, no, no shade to anybody, but like, there are some women who possess big beep energy <laughs> or masculine energy that I'm just like, oh. I was just about to say that. Oh, the energy. It yeah. be it's the energy because yeah. it's like you meet a female, and it's like something about your energy, like it's making me feel real uncomfortable. She as handles a man. her business. Like you handle like. And that's a turn on. The ki- yes, Big turn it's on. a turn on. <laughs> yeah. But then again, on. can we like incorporate really? being masculine with like really like handling your shit and being confident and like paying your bills? You go to work, you do your. But thing. I think that comes with but the energy. Be, like we but were just not, talking. But wouldn't that be a man? That's but what, a woman can do it too. Exactly. That's that's why we're. But trying it's to... based on a social construct because I think what you're trying to get a, what you're trying to unpack. Is basically saying the qualities that we like in an aggressive female is the same things that technically is considered the normalization of what a man should do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So basically, I'm just trying to unpack that when people say be a man and masculine, like when somebody say be a man, they're not talking about paying bills or, or sometimes they are, but they're talking about personality wise. Like, no. Be, like women, like when they're talking about emotion, like oh you are, you when you crying, be a man, right? But okay. yeah, excuse me. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, go get what, off. I, I get what you're get what you're saying, but also too, I think if we take a t- talk about social norms or a social construct, I I'll say use my mother as an example. She was born in nineteen in her nineteen fifties. 
And her idea of what a man is supposed to do is that you go to work, you come home, you hand over your check to her. She does all the checks and balances. Mm-hmm. Your job is to do just basically fix what's wrong in the house and go to work. And go to work. There's nothing else in between the whole breaking down layers of emotions and stuff. We ain't doing all that. Now, I will have I will say she has grown since then. Thank you, God. And thank you, mother, for growth. But <laughs> I also feel like it's a it's a social normity that has been inflicted and put into the mindsets of what people think that should be. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to pull back from it because people don't want to go against what's deemed as being normal. Like it's hard to pull back and say, Oh, okay, well, yeah, it's okay to cry. And most people are like, no, he shouldn't be crying. You should be this. Like I've heard been around people that are comfortable with me as being gay. But in the same sense, it's turn around and say, yeah, I, my son, I don't want him around. I don't want him to grow up to be gay. Oh, but it's like, how, but, to me, I also feel like that's a dig towards me. It is a dig. Bitch, what are you saying? Absolutely. Exactly. So, it's like, definitely. I, I think again, it's those social constructs and the norms that are put out there that, through conversations like this, is how we start to unravel and pull things back and start opening those type of dialogues. Right. And then what I wanted to add to that is, like we said, that's how your mom, you know, had her view. Now, if you were to ask a gay, not now, let's say that person is gay, now. Are they still considered a man? They're handing over their business. They're taking care of bills. But now, is he still a man? It's like, oh, you need to man up. I wear purses and carry them well. So I have I, on a whole Ask Mariah Carey shirt. <laughs> I am all the man I'm going to be in my image and my view. So that's all that But means. again, I don't think that necessarily matters because it's like you can carry your purse. Like, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. I can have on a full... When I used to wear makeup, I've had on a full face of makeup and I never stopped girls from trying to talk to me. Okay. So I think it's about the energy that you put forth that attracts people and that people are naturally drawn to. Like we were... I didn't mean to cut you off, Guillermo, but like we were talking about earlier at the restaurant when um, we were having a conversation about like what type of people we draw towards us. I don't think that that's necessarily always based on the characteristics that we possess, but the energy that we put forth. And people are attracted to energy. So, and I think a person can catch on to your energy faster than they can catch on to your characteristics because energy is something that's tangible. It's something that you don't have to see, but your characteristics is something that they actually have to see play out. They actually have to see you in motion to be, oh, I like that in him. I like that in her. But your energy, you can literally walk in a room and not say anything to anybody and that person be attracted to you, not even in a physical way, but because they just, they, they, they feel sense. that energy. Yeah, they sense that people that like that shit is very tangible and people don't take it serious enough, but it's real. I don't remember. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. girl, what? <laughs> Sorry. Cut her mic. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I don't remember shit. Okay. Um, oh, so let's go back to what you said, Derek, too, about like growing up and let's actually talk about the like the black household. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Okay. You got your question though? Yeah. All right. Talk. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I just, I, I don't remember who said it, but there was someone who said there was a difference between being white and being black as a man. So I think that's I so interesting that. because I think it's true. There is a totally different your way your race completely different like when you said about the crying situation I've been told not to cry several times. That's why at dinner. I was telling y'all I'm you don't show emotion. I don't show emotion Mm -hmm. So but I can only imagine that if I was a white boy and I was crying to my mom or my father It would be it would be received completely different 
I can say depending on the house. Depending on your geographical location, because if he was in the south, I think it would be different up north as a white male. I, I think I could agree with that. But down mm-hmm. south, no, nah, that one because down there they're very redneck, cut. But do you think that they would say be a man? Down south, white yeah. men, absolutely. Yeah, down south. Absolutely. I, I up here, I think it's different. White men up here are com- even in traveling. When you go down south, the white people in general down south are like they're completely different than what they are up here. I honestly even think their terms of what masculinity is, I think is perceived different do down there think, than it is here. Do you think that white men white men here are perceived different as far as like the worst workhorse mentality do you think it's that as well like where they work and they give their wife the check do you think that that's still a thing i yes. think that's a down south thing up here i think men are more so i i can see that being the culture but at the same time i also seen it being a mix of metrosexual men whereas men are more so kind of like on that independent thing and doing their own thing i don't think men up here are as traditional as men down south are I can agree with you on the tradition of down south, but it all honestly depends on the household, no matter where you're from. Yeah, that's true. Because in my field of work, I hear a lot of men say, I give my wife the check and she pays the bills. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. That mentality is still a thing. My dad does that. Uh, that mentality is still a thing. That's here, north, west, south, wherever. Because men think, are just but, programmed so, to really think that a wife is supposed to... Not all men, let me not say that. But some men really fall into that tradition of my wife stays home, she takes care of the kids, I work, she pays the bills. She makes sure that the bills are... Even my dad and my mom and my dad still work. And my so, mother is still a career woman, but... There are some bills where she still pays them because my dad just forgets. So do you think it has anything to do with the socioeconomic status of that particular family? Because I feel like for regular people like us, I feel like that is kind of the status quo because that's kind of the tradition. But when you get to like upper echelon men, they're not giving their wives the check. They're giving their wives an allowance. In some cases. Like the wife ain't handling everything. It's the accountant that's handling everything. Mm. In some cases. <laughs> so that's why I asked the question, do you think it's So let like, me ask this question. So because we're all gay men, I want to know, how does that transfer over into relationships as far as a man and a man? Do y'all think, does it transfer? Or do you think that there's one party that plays less? Absolutely. It depends on who you are personally. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Because it's certain things like, Yes, I'm gay, but as a man, I would never allow another man to do certain things for me. Like, even if we're married, like, yeah, it's, it's just certain stuff. I just, I don't know. Like, maybe it's ego, mm-hmm. if I'm being truthfully honest, but it's just certain things as a man I cannot allow another man, regardless of how intimate we are. I can't allow another man to pay all my bills. What kind of man would I look like letting you pay all of my bills? Can we pause there for a second? Now, by you saying that comment, do you think that's part of a masculinity thing to where you just feel like Ooh, as a man, as a, circle be, as a man that I shouldn't allow that because that doesn't, that's not what a man does. I think it has something to do with my ego and also has something to do with just the way that I was raised. I was always taught a man that don't work, don't eat. So even working, 
I still want to pull my own way. I feel like that's just what I'm supposed to do. Now, do you find that part of what you just said from being raised to be part of your idea of what masculinity would be, since that's what your upbringing is? In a sense, yeah. And because the thing is, I was never told that by a man. I was always told that by a woman. That's, uh, the, now, that's the crazy now part. That's, so now, that's, that's, the next, that's the next part. Do you think a lot of our thoughts on masculinity is from the from being embedded from our mothers and women in single households in single households absolutely absolutely. Absolutely. because you have no example of it you can only be told but when you end up household where you have both parents you're you're not only only being told that but you're actively seeing it so it's kind of like you get the double repetition and it becomes ingrained in your dna and like okay this is who i am but for me it's like i never seen that and it's like okay i was always told a man is supposed a man that doesn't work a man that doesn't work doesn't eat but also i factor in the fact that i'm also a fire sign i'm passionate and i also take into the into the into account that i'm very protective i'm naturally just protective over people around me so it's like me i feel like i always have to take the lead and like i always have to make sure not only am i good but we good got you so now my next question so get ready this is gonna be a rapid round (coughs) (coughs) parched throat is dry well you have water Water sitting next to you honey yeah but i'm not gonna do that while i'm choking Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So my next question to you is, as you were talking about, like, having this idea of protection and, like, being there for for people and stuff, do you feel, if you don't do that, how do you feel when you don't do that for people? Or have have you ever done that where you just said, I'm not doing that? I, I honestly, if I'm being 100% honest, I cannot ever recall a time where I could literally tell myself, make a conscious effort to turn that off. And the thing is, I don't feel so a part of me do feel like it's culturally, but at the same time, I do feel that some people are born with those instincts innately, regardless of whether you're male or female. Some people just have that protective instinct. Some people just have that nurturing instinct to where they just want to naturally just take care of everything and it has nothing to do with me being a man or a woman i just want to take care of everything i'm also i can openly admit i'm very controlling so like if i'm not controlling this situation there's a part of me that feels like i don't know what the outcome is i don't know what the outcome is going to be and the unknown for me i don't like it do you feel like that makes you feel like less of a man or it has nothing to do with being it a man. It has nothing to, for me it has nothing to do with being a man. It's just that's just how I am. Like I just like taking care of it, being nurturing. Thank you. Appreciate your candid and <laughs> 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 being open. Derek has something to say. Yeah, do you have something to say, Derek? Oh, okay. Um I just wanna I just wanna jump back over here to you, D, for a second, because I like to pull back layers of people and it's fun for me. And so you mentioned about, you know, not being emotional. And if you don't mind me asking has any like what's do you have you self-identified what that that block is so i know exactly what that block is actually (laughs) so my parents were i think the hardest thing for me that i've ever had to deal with was being in a broken home so i think that caused me to not be um emotional because my parents got divorced when i was i think eight 
So you believe in this image of a person, and then when you find out why they got divorced, it, like, broke me. So then I started to have a bad relationship with my dad, and it started to make me feel like men were no good. Mm. So... I think that's a part of the reason why I'm not emotional, (laughs) but through therapy. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I'm still not as emotional as I probably should be, but I think that's a lot of the reason why. Do you constantly brush things off with like laughs? No. No, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's a very honest answer. Okay, I get that you earlier, like you said, that you get awkward. So, like, explain, like, okay, you have an emotional moment or an emotional breakdown. What does that look like for DM? It's like, how do you channel that awkward um, energy? I think I'm emotional, but not in front of other people. So Makes sense. You, you handle most it. of that in private. Yeah. I we I do very, the exact yeah. same thing. Well, honestly, I think we probably all had to as, like, gay black men because a lot of what we go through, it's not not unrelatable but you it's just don't shelf. it's very it's, it's placed on a shelf yeah and, and like you know like, you don't feel comfortable even like sharing that because you don't want or it's the fear of the reaction of others yeah like and nine out of ten times you don't even know how to explain what the hell we're going through oh i agree with you and i'd say i'm piggybacking off of you so like for myself growing up i never as emotional as i am now <laughs> I was not that person as a child because or growing up because I just didn't feel I didn't know how to articulate what I was feeling mm-hmm. for one. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel safe in the spaces that I were in exactly. to articulate it. Exactly. And when I did feel somewhat ready to like start show, showing emotion, it was like it was shut down so Absolutely. quickly. So it was like, okay, I'm done doing this. Like at this point, I'm gonna just bottle everything up and because that's exactly what we had to do. <laughs> and that's why I was just like, all right, I'm not saying anything. I remember my aunt, God rest her soul. She came up to me one time and she said, well, you know what, um, little Ed, what's wrong? I said, nothing. You know, I'm good. No, what's wrong with you? I can tell. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And she was like, stop holding stuff in. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, you hold so much stuff in. I can just tell it in your face. Yeah. Like, you're up, you're, you got so much stuff on your plate that you're not sharing and talking to people about it. But again, my mom worked two jobs, never home. So can't talk to her. My grandmother, born early 1920s, she... She don't know what the whole two generations. Yeah, like, she can't articulate and explain what's going on. to me. She's like, "Boy, you just stay, stay in the kid's place." That's all they can tell us to do. Child. <laughs> so you like, ain't depressed. Ain't nothing wrong, wrong with you. Too. You yeah. young. They didn't you even know like, what that meant. You yeah. still got milk behind that, your ears. Yeah. Like, so is that mean I'm void of exactly. experiences? Yeah, I can't be sad. And then you think about my dad. Even though he's present, he's been present in my life, but he wasn't military. in the household. Mm-hmm. But he's military, and he was raised. A certain way of like you know, just you know, just by the book on certain Very things. Cut and though my dad showed emotion through crying and stuff, I still didn't feel comfortable because it just a part of me just won't allow me to be that exactly. in front of him because it's like no, I can't do that. And you look at like siblings. I grew up by my. I practically grew up by myself. I did. I have three older sisters and I have my niece that I grew up with but at the same time I can't go to them because they still have the same values and inputs from my mom's upbringing so they thought process is similar to my mom so I can't come to talk to y'all and so the way I got to a place of where I can speak my feelings was through therapy and get into a place where I had to actually do like like a 
like a self-discovery journey from yes. childhood yes. all the way to now to figure out like why the why the hell am I like holding this shit in and why do I lash out on certain conversations or certain things? Why do I treat people differently in this setting than I do in this environment? And it took some real life, like real life realization, like talking to myself, like, oh no, Edward, you was wrong in this situation. And you have to like really admit to yourself, like you fucked up. Checking yourself. Yeah, it's something. hard. It's hard as hell. <laughs> Checking yourself it's is hard difficult. As hell. Even it's been a time with me and um Janet Jackson. <laughs> we went <laughs> we went somewhere, I think it was the Woodward, but something happened. Ooh, oh, and yeah. as a friend, I immediately in my head I was like, Oh no, bitch, you fucked he up. Fucked up and, and I was like, <laughs> that very next day. And like, I was apologizing because like I knew I messed up. That's a good thing. Man. But it took and I wasn't even in therapy then, but like just having that moment to go back and realize like where your steps are at and how you missed took wrong steps and you misled yourself on certain different things and certain situations and stuff it's like if my parents were around or like just made that space comforting for me to just share certain shit i, I guarantee a lot of things i've dealt with but not me not cutting you off but like with that thought because i feel like a lot of us have that thought I was one that had the thought, if my parents, if my mom was still here, or if my dad was in my life, X, Y, Z wouldn't have happened. Yes, but at the same time, I feel like what we don't take from those situations is the fact that them not being there was needed. Like, it, it was needed. And a lot of people, like, I feel like we trip over the whole idea of, like, well, you should have been there. And then sometimes, too, we don't take into account that our parents, most of them, did the best that they could do exactly. with what they had. Yeah. So but how you know do we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay go in, baby. <laughs> I just don't. For my dad, for instance, I don't believe that he did the best with what he had because mm. he had a family. That but was the, the thing, best that he but had. See, this is so thing. you don't have to believe it. I know that's what I'm. You struggling don't have, with. and that's the fucked up part. <laughs> and I you also be struggling to. with the fact that he didn't cheat on me. He like, cheated on your mother. Yes, and I be internalizing it. But the truth, the truth is, I don't know, I don't know the context and how you found that out. But the truth is, I feel like respectfully, your mother owe you an apology if she had anything to right. do with the finding out because that had nothing to do with you. Yeah, that was between them two. You were a child. That was your dad. Oh, see, so I didn't find out until I was an adult. Still, and it came. But from even still, oh well, it, that's a different <laughs> thing. If he told you that's different as an adult, yeah. but if your mom, like, cause I can't stand when moms get in the middle of shit and they like feed their child or like force feed their children bad information about their like the opposite parent, and it's like, don't do that. Yeah. Like, oh man. A child. Just add a little more. Oh, I'm spilling too much tea for this episode. <laughs> but um, it's a real episode. It is. I normally say stuff like this for my own personal podcast, but um. <laughs> What you said it's about a crossover. <laughs> what, <laughs> what you had mentioned about um parents spilling like negative information. So my mom used to do that with my dad a lot when she get upset. She like, You look like your fucking daddy, you know this. I'm like, God girl, like I can't help that look like this man. Like I didn't you, you, slept with him. Him. <laughs> you the one he put you on your back this man. Like, that was your problem. Like I did not ask for this, but then you when know. she used to tell me certain things about my dad, and they have a great relationship now for people who listen and they are very like besties almost separate but um my mom used to always say like well your dad did this your dad did this he did he cheated on me he did whatever and i'm like well why you no nah, mom that's not my dad because me being the son you know i glorify my Loyalty. dad and i was like oh my dad is just everything like you can't talk back about my dad and then to my mom when i got i think 17 or 18 she pulled out a shoebox and she's like oh, i want you to have this i'm like what the fuck is this 
And it's like all these letters my dad wrote to my mom trying to get her back and admitting to his infidelity, to cheating and all these different things. And I was like, you knew none of this. Nope. And I was over here protecting this man. (laughs) Most of the time we had an argument about it. I was like, oh, my dad wouldn't do that. My dad's not this. And I looked, I'm like, oh, shit, no, you're right. And then I had that also forced me to have a conversation with my dad and ask him, like, so what was all this about? And then he, you know, my dad dealt with alcoholism and things like that, which also I don't use as an excuse for anything, to be honest. I But it's real. It's real. It's real. But my thing is that I still need you to understand the detriment of, like, how that really fucked up my experiences with my well, our experience as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because my mom dealt with a lot of stuff and internalized a lot of shit from that. And by her internalizing it, it came out in certain ways of... It was it came out on you because yeah. not only do you look it's like your dad, but you was also the only male Boy. figure yeah. in the house yes. at that time. So it was like her only outlet towards masculine energy was it's, you. Mm-hmm. And you got the blunt of well, all of exactly. it. Exactly. Now, I will give her her kudos and props. She has grown. She's a mature woman now. Let's clap it up for her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> She's not the same woman she used to be. Neither is my father, but it's... Is those type of conversations that don't happen in households. It's those different types of things that parents put on the back burner and hide from kids and stuff. It's those type of environments that, you know, don't ask, don't tell. And black families are good for just putting things under the rug. Because it's not our business. Yeah. But then you wonder why little Jimmy and Tommy over here acting the fucking fool and acting out. Because kids absorb Everything. Everything. Exactly. Even the stuff you... Oh, they don't know that. They don't know. They, they know. They know. They feel, if they don't if know, they feel it. It's not even just the words. It's also the energy. It's the environment. They know when mama not messing with daddy. They know. They can see that. And they can absorb that. Yep. And so it's it's not necessarily like you have to be 100% honest with the kids. But let them know like, hey, it's not a good time between you and your father and I. I still love him. X, Y, and Z. Just make sure that like there is... Like an open door to where they can talk to both of you, if they can, about how they're feeling. And that's something that we just never had a chance to do, especially as young young men. Young black men. Young black men. We never had like an open door policy to where we can talk about anything. You know, at the same time, there's no manual to be a parent. Not at all. There's no manual. And I had to learn a lot that now that I'm older, I kind of understand some of the stuff. That my parents, not to the extent because I don't have any kids, but I can't understand, like, we're human. So it's like, of course you want the best for your kids, but they still make mistakes. Like, nobody's perfect. And as a child, you have this image of your parents being, like, the most perfect human beings on the earth. And they're not. And that breaks you. Well, at least it broke me. Like, Mm -hmm. they're... Like, wow, they really make mistakes. So it's it's like, now that I'm older, it's like, dang, I wish I had the knowledge then so I can gave my parents more grace because like you know what you messed up but you didn't you you you, 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 i make mistakes too i did stuff that i didn't want to do but you know what i think a lot of that stems from i think a lot of it stems from all of us can say we've heard this growing up in a black household pick that red cup up why because i said so we never got an explanation as to why we were supposed like I feel like black people have like this mindset like I don't have to explain anything to you. But that's and it's like they were raised like that. They were raised like that, but it's like okay, at what point do you as a woke person make a conscious decision, okay, like let me 
do the or let me make the, or let me make the wrongs right because like for mm-hmm. instance like you know like you were talking about your dad like I just recently started back talking to my dad I haven't seen her well prior to like a month ago I hadn't seen her talk to my dad in like 15 years he just randomly reached out to me and you know like a lot of time like for the longest time I would say I wasn't upset with him I didn't have no feelings towards him but it's like at the same time I was secretly harboring feelings because again it was a lot of like you should have been here for this you should have been there for that and it's like the older I got I realized like okay maybe I'm glad you wasn't there for that because if this is the man I thought you were and this is the father you were to me if that's the best you can do I want no part of that I don't want to be a I don't want to be a spinning image of that and then it's like seeing my older brother my older brother he's literally a year older than me he has five kids same exact way. Same exact way as my dad was when we were younger. But it's like, you know, when I sat down and had a conversation man to man with my dad, like about his absence, I gained an understanding that I don't think I ever would have had had I not came into that situation with an open mind. Like he was involved with like a lot of gang activities. He told me like, I didn't want to come and just pick you and your sister up because I had like bounties out on my head. I don't want y'all to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you know how big I am on that. Like being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm very big on that. But, like, again, like, unpacking a lot of that, I understood that, like, my dad did the best that he could do. Even with my granddad being in the household with my dad, like, my granddad was not present. He was just there working. He was present, as in I can see you, but as far as, like, being in my dad's life, he wasn't present. So, it's like, okay, hearing that, it makes me understand, okay, like, the psyche, like, the, the psyche, um cycle of all of this like your dad wasn't there so this is what your dad showed to you and he thought that oh if i send you a card or if i do this for your birthday if i do xyz for your birthday just take care of the big shit i'm good and it's like that's not enough that's not raising a child but again falling back or coming back off what you were saying like when you have those conversations and you unpack them and you're willing to open or you're going into those conversations open i think that the outcome is much better Versus just going into something with a closed mind and thinking that you already have it figured out of what they did or why they did what they did. Because you really don't know. You weren't in that headspace in that time. Yeah. And that's like Deshaun just said, like, that's when you really show more grace, I guess, to your parents and stuff. Like, even though my dad and my mom did some stuff, I'm just like, girl, y'all were trying to figure that shit out. You would think by the third child, y'all would know what the fuck y'all doing, but you don't. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> I, I would think you would. But um, with that being said, though, with this conversation is getting real effy white. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to take a quick break. Um, Obviously, I was over here choking to death, so I'm going to just parch my throat. And we'll be right back. Thank you for listening. Don't give a damn, keep grimming me, bitch. 
position, I'ma take it, yes, man. I'm trying to lay low, trying to keep it cute, but don't think that I don't know what to do. Cause my squad act up, they might throw some hands, but we really came here to just throw some in it. We really came here to turn up and get lit, man. Yeah. Really came here to get down and throw fits. Don't yeah. fuck up my vibe, just talking that shit. If you got a day job, call them up and just quit. Cause it's the type of shit that you don't wanna miss. Just mention my name if you ain't on a list, yeah. This all right we are back from break i have had my water i'm sure all you girls and guests have took a sip of something <laughs> <laughs> maybe not never parched marco heads me back over here because the bitch stay hydrated and that's that on <laughs> that <laughs> listen she takes in her how many ounces of water you supposed to take in? I a think gallon a, a gallon. Oh, child. Do you pee a lot? All the time. Yeah, All it's clear. Time. Always clear. Yes. I never did the water's clear. Unless I'm drinking Congratulations. black. <laughs> About two, three times. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the diet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Get man. Get to it. So, the, the first half of this was real interesting. I know we went off on different tangents, but I think all that still encompasses what we were trying to talk about, which is masculinity. Um, being black is one, being gay, you know, adding that into the factor of everything, and then just being raised in a black household for some of us. And I think we just, it's a, it's a lot to unpack that I think you can't capture in our episode. What no, you guys think? We'll definitely have to do part two. Yeah, <laughs> it's the delicacy. No? We'll definitely have to do part two. <laughs> that's so delicate. Yeah, that's the that's the Kim of the group. <laughs> um, so if if you guys can all just give like an advice to people when it comes to like how do we change the narrative when it comes to masculinity, what would the what would your advice be? Can I please go first on this? Yeah, go ahead. I feel like I've been an advocate my whole gay life for this. <laughs> go ahead. Like bitch, I didn't came from wearing like I was never drag, but a <laughs> bitch had a whole full face of makeup on, two hours to do this face, like my clothing, wardrobe, all that and you could never tell me nothing and I genuinely believe it was because I knew who I was and like I just trusted in who I was and that that's not to say I didn't have no wild days and no like bitch what the fuck are you doing days but or some pictures that I look back over and like just like frown and just almost hurled but I feel like that's a part of your growing process like nobody can tell you what masculinity looks like to you whatever masculinity looks like to you that's the suit that you follow like march to the beat of your own drum learn to have your own mindset like this trendy shit like what everybody you know what everybody is doing or what everybody is deeming as x y and z like learn to stand apart from that learn to be peculiar and you know hold your own lane like none of this shit matters all of it is superficial and i promise you after 25 it all goes away anyway so. it sure does go ahead miss miss phaedra what do you mean by after 25 after what 25 is- meaning that the simple things in life start mattering. You don't care to be friends with everybody in the community. You, Those people that have been there for you, those people who have held you up in times where you should have fell down, those are the people that matter. Being social with everybody is one thing to be nice, but to be social with everybody, you learn there's a place and a time for all of that. And I think that's just a part of growing. It's nothing wrong with the gay community. I think that we all just have a lot of growing pains. And until we learn to decode and unpack those things within ourselves, I think a lot of the 
prominent issues that remain prominent in our community will continue to flourish because we are not trying to do the homework. We're not trying to, we're too busy seeking others versus seeking within is the issue. I agree. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful outtake. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, the advice that I would probably give, um, like you said, Marco, is to heal, but also be honest with yourself, because I feel as though we do, we lie a lot to ourselves, which means that we are lying to others as well. Pacifying. Exactly. Um, but just have those, just have those conversations with those that you love and again, heal and stop projecting all of that mess onto other people as well, because they did not do anything to you. Amen. Yes. Come on. Where are you going next? Southern Belt. I'm not going next. I'll go next. You're going next. Okay, go ahead. So for me, pull the mic up, pull the mic up, pull the mic up. From a lot of what y'all said is for me, the biggest part about being masculine or masculinity for me is those conversations, those uncomfortable conversations, like with my father through therapy, um, just unpacking hurt, basically, because I was hurt. So I needed to unpack it (laughs) (laughs) and like working through those things. So I think putting in the work and trying to figure out who you are will then give you a definition of what masculinity is. Yeah. What works for you? Yeah. Yeah. Deshaun, you have anything you want to tell? I'll go last. No, bitch, I always go last. I close the show. Oh, hey. I'm joking. <laughs> I'll let you have a moment. But um, I think for me, similar to all you guys, I think just unpacking shit within yourselves, um, being honest and candid about things. And when you feel like you don't fully, like, if you can't fully understand it, then I think therapy is also a good tool to help guide you through those thought process and that, that conversation. I think talking to people who, you know, have molded or shaped the way that you look at masculinity, I think it's a good time to have conversations with those individuals, just being open. And also understand with having those conversations that you can't go in expecting that person to be just as open as you are because mm. they're not going to always, you're not going to always receive the type of energy that you're putting out there. Because it's more so about you having that conversation, nothing to do with how they receive it and what they give back to you. Because as long as you put it out there, that's all that matters. What they do with is between them and their God. And yeah, I think just continue to go on with an open heart, open mind, and just be willing to pull back parts of yourself and I guess buckle up for the journey. It's the journey. It's the Come on, Tasha. <laughs> Real quick, can I say just, just one last thing? Also, learn how to be alone and sit in your hurt. I think that is so detri- or it's so uh, needed, for lack of better words. I think it's needed. Sometimes I feel like when we're alone and we start to hurt and those thoughts start to come in our minds, I think a lot of times we want to run from those things or we want to fill our head spaces with distractions and with voids. But I think essential it's essential in the healing process to learn to sit in that hurt, to learn where those triggers came from, learn where that hurt came from, what triggered those things and, you know, things of that nature. So, yeah, learning to sit in the hurt, learning to be alone, stop the outside noise, stop always feeling the need to be distracted or going out and partying and all that shit. Like, what are you partying for? That's all. It was rhetorical. Y'all ain't got to answer. Oh, because I was like, I don't know. (laughs) 
how to respond back to that. <laughs> I would say don't get too focused on what masculinity is. I feel like you just need to be yourself and you find out what that is along the way. Because um, the problem is if you're so focused on that, then you're not going to find out who you are as a person. You're never going to have that time because you're trying to search for an answer that, that you can't find. There's no there's no way to to accurately show what that looked like. I mean, you can have examples, but everybody's different. Everybody form of masculinity varies between race, gender, sexuality, all of that. So just really focus on being you and the, it will come to you when the time is right. I love that. Get this bitch off the show. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. I can't say nothing. <laughs> Everything you say, I get tickled, girl. <laughs> but we appreciate it. So I just want to say thank you to our our first Fallout guest. The only two that would ever be welcome into the studio because <laughs> anybody else, if we don't know them through family or friend, we're not coming into this home. But um, the abode. <laughs> With that, I hope everyone that's listening enjoyed this episode. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank, thank you, you so you. much, and I would love to come back. Rest oh in peace, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, girl. And on that note, we're gonna end yes, this call. episode. <laughs> bye. Say bye. 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 bye.